We are in the book of Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, we'll begin reading with verse 13 of this chapter. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Amen. Praise God. If you don't mind, Charlie, pull me up a little bit on the monitors here. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13, down to verse 21. And when Jesus heard of it, that is, when he heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded and died, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. In other words, the people scrambled out of the cities to follow Jesus. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the village and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves of, and two fish. And he said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, Jesus blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. They took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside the women and children. I want to use for a subject this morning the largest picnic in history. Amen. The largest picnic in history. It is the feeding of the 5,000. But we do know that there was another picnic in history that was almost as big as the 5,000. There were two picnics in the Bible. One is in Matthew chapter 14, and the other one is in the next chapter, chapter 15. There is the feeding of the 5,000, which would amount to probably, it said, beside women and children. I guess you know where there's men and women, there's children. Amen. And there was probably anywhere from 10 to 12,000, maybe a little more than that. Uh, because they only counted the men, 5,000 men. And I'm going to rake these men over the coals in just a little bit. And, and so, you know, men love picnics. I mean, you know, that's true. Love picnics, especially when it's beside a good fishing hole. Amen. But we find that in Matthew chapter 14, the feeding of the 5,000, which... They, Jesus used five loaves of bread, real small loaves of bread, and two fish, very small fish. And he fed 12, 15,000 people with it, his miracle power. And then in the very next chapter, chapter 15, we find the feeding of the 4,000. And there were several thousand there because not counting the women and the children. But the feeding of the 4,000, there were seven loaves of bread, small loaves of bread, and a few fish. A few fish. I take it that the 5,000 feeding, the two fish were small fish. I take it that 
that the feeding of the 4,000, there were several fish, but they called it a few fish. That's usually what happens when I go fishing, few fish. These are not big fish, they're just little minnows. Not big at all. Some say that it, the, the bread was just crackers. I don't believe that. I believe it was barley, little pieces of barley bread. And this is a beautiful lesson as we look at the miracle power of Jesus Christ. In fact, some folks try to say, well, the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of 4,000, that's the same one. No, it's not. There's many differences. In fact, Jesus Christ said in, in Mark chapter 8, verse 19 and 20, there were two feedings. One, the biggest picnic in history. And the other, the next to the biggest picnic in history. This is an amazing miracle that Jesus performed. People use all kinds of weird ideas to explain away the power of God. In fact, the liberal preacher, the one that doesn't believe in the miracle power of God, will say that they just got all the people together and Jesus Christ said, what do you have? And then they went through the crowd and they just put, everybody put their fish and their bread together and they had a big potluck out on the grass. That's the liberals. They put all their stuff together. I've got an idea that we could put all our stuff, stuff together right now for, for a potluck and we'd be in trouble today. And when they left the city, they didn't leave thinking about potluck. They left thinking about miracles and the power of God. And they left their houses in a hurry to follow Jesus out of the cities into a, uh, into a desert place. And Jesus had heard about the death of his cousin, John the Baptist, the greatest prophet who ever lived, and Jesus was grieved, and he went away, and he just wanted to get away where he could breathe, get away where he could just relax, go to a desert place. But how many know they didn't give Jesus any rest? They ran out of their, out of their homes. They went as quickly as they could, not thinking about, you know, food, not thinking about provision, to follow Jesus because they wanted a miracle. Amen? There was one little boy, however, took a little sack lunch with him. It's interesting, in the sixth chapter of St. John, this little boy was the only one that really didn't need a miracle. He had brought his own lunch. He didn't need a miracle. I think it's very interesting that this little boy didn't need a miracle because he was well content with his little sack lunch and his, you know, two fish and, and five barley loaves of bread. He was very content. But everybody else was in trouble because they had no food. And Jesus preached a long, 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 long time. He healed. He performed miracles. And he preached a long, long time long time. And then he preached long, long, long time. They're out in a desert place on a mountain slope just beside the Sea of Galilee. And there are the liberals that say, well, you know, this really wasn't a miracle. They put their lunches together, had a kind of a little feeding out there in the grass. That's not true. Jesus Christ multiplied the bread and the two fish. But there are others that believe that Jesus backed up to a cave, and in that cave was a storage of bread and fish. 
And Jesus reaches into the cave and pulls out some bread and fish and gives to the disciples and reaches in again. Only one problem with that. It took 10 years of bakery and hauling that into a cave and then Jesus would be deceiving the people and Jesus is not a deceiver. He's a miracle worker. He's not a magician. Jesus Christ is the sovereign God of all heaven and earth. He's the bread of life. He's the miracle worker. And so when they reached the end of the day and it was getting late, the, the apostles came to Jesus and cried, said to Jesus, look at them. There's, you know, 10, 12,000 people here. That's a massive crowd here. And they go to Jesus and say, you better send them home so they'll find their places and they can get something to eat in the next little town or village. Send them away because they need to eat and they're starved. And Jesus Christ said, they need not depart. And Philip said, what? And Andrew said, what? What do you mean they need not depart? And so Philip, Jesus asked Philip, what do you got? And Philip started counting. He, while Philip counted his money, Andrew went to the crowd looking for food. Philip's looking at money. Andrew's going to the crowd looking for food, something that Jesus could use. My friend, Jesus can use even the smallest amount. And so Philip says to Jesus, 200 penny worth is not enough. That's about eight months' salary for a Roman soldier. Said we couldn't buy enough food to feed this massive amount of people. And Andrew says, I, I found a lad here, John chapter 6. In fact, the little lad was mentioned. And um, he's only mentioned in one of the gospel writers. And um, it's found in John chapter 6, verse 9. Andrew says, there is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? So Andrew says, there's a lad here. In fact, he's the only one that doesn't need a miracle. He's brought his own food. He's ready. He's well content. He's good, probably good in health. And probably he's just a little boy having a good time. He doesn't need a miracle. But I mean, know when you get older and older and older, and sometimes little children need a miracle, but when you get older, miracles are a necessity to stay alive. Amen. And so Andrew says, what is this among so many? You know, you got two fish and, and five small loaves, barley loaves of bread. What is this among so many? There's a lad here, I found it, and here's what we got. And Jesus said, great, let's have a picnic. What do you mean great, have a picnic? How can you have a picnic with five small pieces of bread and two little fish? And Jesus says, okay, boys, now it's time to understand the miraculous power of God. Let's all have a picnic. This picnic is going to be for everybody, not just a little boy. This picnic is going to be for the men, women, and children. It's going to be a picnic that is incredible and wonderful. Jesus Christ looked around, and the Bible says that there was much grass there. John 6.10 says, and Jesus said, make the men sit down. Everybody say, make the men sit down. Now, that'll come alive in just a little bit. 
make the men sit down. Because Jesus knew if he could get the men to sit down, he could handle the rest. Amen? I don't want to sound cruel, but men get in the way sometimes. Get out of the kitchen. I wonder how many times Judy told me that. I'll take care of this. Just go. Go. I knew that'd get an amen. With a feminine voice. Amen. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sit down in the number about 5,000. 5,000 men beside women and children, which would escalate probably at another four or 5,000 women and some children. So you're looking at anywhere from 10 to 12, maybe 15,000 people that Jesus Christ has said, we're going to have a massive picnic. And he says to the disciples, make the men sit down. Did you hear what I just said? He didn't say make the women sit down. He didn't say make the children sit down. He said make the men sit down. Because there was much grass. By the way, in this reading of Matthew 14, the, the feeding of the 5,000 is in a time of springtime because there was much grass. The feeding of the 4,000, it doesn't say there was much grass. It was barren. And so there's two different feeding times. And Jesus Christ said, let's have a picnic. And so he tells the apostles, um, I want you to be butlers for me. I want my apostles to be waiters. I want you to usher everybody into 50s and 100 groups. Make them sit down. Make the men sit down in 50s and 100s. Spread them out over the hillside. Set them down in 50s and 100s. And Jesus takes the five loaves, little pieces of bread, and two fish. He looks up to heaven, he blesses it, and he breaks it, and he gives it to his apostles. His apostles are going to go to their 50, 100. There might, if there was 12,000 people there, then there was 1,000 people that the disciples would have to serve, 1,000 each. That'd be a lot of work, 1,000 people each. And they're in 50s and 100 so that they keep order. And so he tells, make the men sit down in the green grass, and we're going to have a picnic. I love it, I love it, I love it. A picnic, and I want to say right now, you don't need much to have a good picnic with the Lord. Amen. Amen. So I'm down, and I'm about as far as I can go. Well, you don't need much to have a good picnic with the Lord. All you need is a place to sit down. And have a time in Jesus. Amen. Make the men sit down and let's have a picnic. I want to say this is a picnic for any day of the year. This is a picnic for us in any day of the year. Now, notice it says in John chapter 6, verse 11, and Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed it to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fish as much as they would. In other words, they got filled up. 
They eat as much as they wanted to because of the miracle power of Jesus Christ. Now let's preach a little bit. Let's look at this. It's amazing just how often we miss what God is wanting to do in our life because we just will not sit down at the feet of Jesus. Sometimes we're nervous, we're walking around, and, and, and men want to fix everything. I'm sure maybe you've heard, you wives have heard your husband say, I'll, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. Amen? And maybe the men would say to their wife, uh, now stop crying. That's the dumbest statement that anyone ever made to a woman. Stop crying. I'll take care of it. And so Jesus Christ is saying to the men, stop crying, sit down, I'll take care of it. And so the men sit down and the women followed and the children followed. And children may have been playing around during this time. And Jesus Christ breaks the bread and the fish. And he gives it to his apostles and said, now you take this bread to the fifties and the hundreds sitting down in the green grass. And you make sure that everybody is filled to the full. Amen. It began with a little tiny bit of blessing. Just a tiny bit of fish and five tiny pieces of bread. And I want to say to you, you may feel right now kind of cheated. You may feel right now kind of left out. You may feel like you don't have enough money. I know I don't. You may feel like you don't have enough healing in your body. You may feel like you don't have enough blessings in your life. You may feel like you're, you're short on, on health or short on wealth or short on energy. You may feel like you're short on friends and short on the blessings around you. But let me tell you right now, if you can find one little speck of gratitude toward Jesus Christ, just one little, little sack of lunch, and you sit down on the green grass of heaven's blessing and let Jesus Christ begin to multiply your joy and begin to multiply your appreciation and begin to multiply your thanksgiving and begin to multiply your praise and begin to multiply your courage and begin to multiply your energy and begin to multiply your joy unspeakable. Let me tell you, if you'll just sit down, men, sit down in the grass, sit down. When they were all sit down, Jesus Christ began to break the blessing. And I want to say, friends, today, if you'll sit down, spend some time at the feet of Jesus Christ. It may be barren. You may be in a desert place. But if you'll just sit down, Jesus began to break the blessings. Break the blessings. And I want to say you can have a picnic anytime you want. Hello. You can sit down and have a picnic anytime you want. You don't need much. You just need a, a, a good God, a wonderful Savior. Just sit down in the green grass of God's mercy and His grace and say, thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your grace. Begin to love God and worship God. And God will begin to break the blessings. 
He'll begin to fill you up with joy unspeakable and full of glory. He'll begin to cause you to bubble, bubble up with joy unspeakable. He'll begin to move in your soul, begin to touch your life. Because why? You can have a picnic anytime you want it. You just don't need much. You can have a picnic anytime you want. Just stop. Sit down in the green grass of God's grace and mercy and have a picnic. Amen. Now you look at this and you stop and think, Jesus Christ says to them, they need not depart. And I want to say to you, you need not depart to a bar room. You need not depart to a, a drug house. You need not depart to a pleasure house. You need not depart to sinful company. You need not depart to a sinful uh, lifestyle. Just sit down in the nourishment of God. Take what little bit you have and let God begin to break it. I said, let God begin to break it. The Bible says that they all were filled. Everybody got all they wanted. Amen. I said, everybody got all they wanted. I love that. I, I, I want you to see this. This is important. John chapter 6, verse 11. Notice it says in the last five words, as much as they would. Wow. That tells me they gorged themselves. That tells me they had more than enough to eat. That tells me that God blessed them and he kept breaking the bread. He kept handing it to his apostles and his apostles would go to the 50, the 100. I think at first they were kind of scared. You know, the Lord hands them a handful of fish and bread and says, go feed that 50, go feed that 100. And, and they go over there and they begin, I don't know whether Jesus multiplied it in the apostles' hands as he put it out, or whether the apostles had to run back to Jesus over and over again saying, I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. And I can just see those apostles running back and forth from the crowd, giving them food and, and bread and fish and running back to Jesus. Hey, I need more. I need more. And Jesus keeps breaking and gives more. And I want you to know when you come to Jesus Christ and say, I need more, I need more, I need more, Jesus Christ will still multiply and continue to multiply until you are full. You have all that you would eat. Amen. And I, I want to just begin this morning by simply saying, we need to live a life of going back to Jesus and telling him we need more. Amen. Luke chapter 11, verse 5 and 6. Remember the man that came to his friend at midnight, a traveler, and he said didn't have nothing to give to him. And the friend would go to another friend there in Luke 11, verse 5 and 6 and on the story. And remember the man that would go to the door, he'd knock on the door. And he'd say, open up. A friend of mine is coming a long journey. I have nothing to feed him. 
And the friend says, go away, go away. But because the friend kept knocking on the door and kept coming back and back and back, saying, I need three loaves of bread. What? A loaf of bread for my visitor, a loaf of bread for my family, and a loaf of bread for the future to bless others in need. And I want you to know that we as children of God need to spend time sitting at the feet of Jesus. And we need to spend time saying, God, I need more. I need more. Those apostles, I believe, ran back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. If they were the fat one among the bunch, they wasn't after this feeding. They ran back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It could be that the fish and the bread was multiplied in their hands. I don't know. But I do know this. Jesus Christ blessed it, broke the bread, broke the fish, and from the blessing of Jesus Christ, he was feeding thousands of people the greatest picnic in history. Woo! Amen. How many of you know you can have a mighty fine picnic yourself this morning? Are you listening to me? This story is found in Matthew chapter 14, our reading, John chapter 6 and Mark chapter 6 and Luke chapter 9. So you'll, when you get home, you might want to read more about it and learn more about it. But I want you to know that the person like the little boy that has no need for a miracle, one day, one day, you'll have need for a miracle. And you need to take the little bit you got and break it, and, and spend time at Jesus' feet. And Jesus fed the multitude with the breaking of the bread and the two fishes. Isn't that beautiful? Woo! Hallelujah. Make the men sit down. Sit down, boys. Sit down. Sit down in your 50s, in your 100s. Sit down. You can't fix this. Sit down. We have one fix-it man. His name is Jesus Christ. You can't fix this. You can't do anything. Just sit down and enjoy a blessing. You can't do anything to save yourself. You can't do anything to fix things. You can't do anything to repair things. All you can do is come to the fix-it man. His name is Jesus Christ. Come to the man who can break the bread and the fish and feed the multitude. Amen. I think it's interesting where he said, make the men sit down. He didn't say, make the women sit down. He said, make the men sit down. And I can just see those apostles thinking to themselves, a lot of good that's going to do. We've got everybody in little groups, but we ain't got nothing to feed them. And Jesus says, okay, apostles, huddle up. Huddle around us in a and Jesus gets them huddled around like a, like a quarterback getting ready to say, here's what we're going to do. Matthew, you're going to get the crowd on the left. Peter, you're going to get the crowd in the front. Andrew, you're going to get the crowd way, way back in the back. Bartholomew, you're going to get the crowd in the middle. And he goes through the list and says, you're going to get them. Now go out there, boys. Go out there, men. And feed the multitude. And they're looking at Jesus saying, with what? And Jesus said, with two fish 
and five loaves of bread. With what? And Jesus begins to break the bread and the fish, and he begins to give it to these butlers called apostles, these waiters called apostles, taking the bread to the groups and feeding the group, and the bread never runs out. And I want you to tell you, I want you to know, friends, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, and the word of God is bread, and it never runs out. The love of God is bread, and it never runs out. The forgiveness of God is bread, and it never runs out. Healing uh, is bread, and it never runs out. Give us this day our daily bread. Yes, sir, we want our daily bread. Bread is a picture of healing. Bread is a picture of eternal life. Bread is a picture of Jesus Christ. I'll take it. I'll sit down and receive the majestic power of Jesus Christ. Amen. You got to love this. This is, the, this is the greatest, biggest picnic in history. These, these men and these women, these children were fed by five loaves and two fish. And Jesus Christ just kept the food coming. And I want to say to you and I, you need to Pray to the Lord, lend me three loaves like the man in the middle of the night. You need to cry out to God. And not only cry out to God just for your miracle, but cry out to God for the miracle of your children. Cry out to God for the miracle of your, your siblings. Cry out to God for the miracle of your parents. Cry out to God for the miracle of your grandchildren. Not just you. Find your spot. I don't have much. Well, I would venture to say in your refrigerator is more than five little biscuits and two little tiny sardines. I'd venture to say you have more than most people on planet Earth. You do in this room. Well, why don't you just have a picnic? Every day you can have a picnic with Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Those, those apostles took that little bit and went out there to feed the multitude. I guess I could put it like this. You'll never walk on water till you go overboard. And they went overboard. They grabbed what Jesus gave them and ran to the multitude. They laid hold of what Jesus gave them and ran to the multitude. And the multitude sat in the green grass. And Jesus fed every one of them, man, women, and children. He fed them all because of his great power. For Jesus Christ is the bread of life. Amen. Aren't you glad that God's bread never runs out? Aren't you glad that God's mercy never runs out? Have you ever noticed that God always does things in a big way? Have you noticed that? Before God made man, God made atmosphere. More, breath, more air than you could possibly ever breathe. Before God made a fish, he made more water than they could possibly swim in. God always prepares an abundance. 
He always caused your cup to run over. His mercy is higher than the heavens. His goodness and his kindness is far greater than any of us could ever imagine. He's a God of all power. He's a God of all love, a God of all strength. And he can stop you in your tracks, in your barren life today. You're weary, you're tired, and you can stop in your tracks, and you can clear you off a spot and have a picnic with Jesus Christ. And he'll break your heart, he'll break your spirit, he'll break your life, he'll break your blessings, and he'll manifold it, and he'll uh, send it for it. The breaking of the bread, salvation, the breaking of the fish, healing for the flesh. Did you get that? The breaking of the bread, salvation, healing for our soul and spirit, the breaking of the fish, salvation for the flesh, healing for the flesh. Now, the Lord spoke to me early this morning, really early this morning. The Lord told me there's someone here, there's someone that would be here today, that you have been struggling for, for your healing. You've been struggling so hard, and you feel like that God has not developed it as quick as you feel like he should have. Because of that, you're a little discouraged because your healing hasn't come in the rapidness that you thought it should come. You're weary of your struggle. You're weary of the fact that you've prayed and asked God to heal, and God has touched you. You, you would be the first to admit Yes, God has touched me, but why is it taking so long? And my answer to you is this, I don't know. <laughs> but you can have picnics all the way home. Amen? I mean, you don't have to be in good health to have a picnic. Sit down in the grass. Amen? If you can't sit down, I mean, if your bumper's too sore, lay in the grass. <laughs> Have a picnic. Let God break the blessing for you. Let God touch the life for you. Maybe some of you are getting ready to go under the knife in surgery. Maybe someone's going to put you under anesthesia. You're going to go under the knife. Maybe you're going to have some tests run. Our church has got uh, its share of sickness and, and difficulty. And maybe you're getting ready to be put under uh, anesthesia, go under the knife. Well, just say to yourself before they, before they get you to count from 10 down to 1, say, I'm going to have a picnic. And this surgery is going to be a piece of pie. This surgery is going to be a picnic. Now, when you come out of surgery, you may think, well, the doctors didn't get the memo. <laughs> Hello. But you can still have a picnic. Amen. And those people were weary in this slope at the Sea of Galilee. They were tired. There was much green grass, John chapter 6 says. And Jesus Christ said, they don't need to depart. You don't have to go anywhere. Jesus is your bread of life. You don't have to go anywhere. Jesus is your stomach full. You don't have to go anywhere. Jesus is your joy 
and your peace of mind. Jesus is your grace. Jesus is your hope. You don't have to go anywhere. Just sit down and have a picnic. See, I don't have much. Don't need much. Hello? You don't need much. Learn from the little lad that had two little fish and five pieces of bread. He didn't need much. But what little bit he had, he ended up giving it to Jesus. And Jesus fed 12, 15,000 people with it. Amen? And I could just see that little feather walking through the crowd like... That's my fish. That's my bread. And that's my Jesus over there breaking my sack lunch. I used to think the little boy took the 12 baskets of fragments back home and mom and dad said, where'd you, where'd you get this, steal it? But I've changed my mind. I think, the, I think the 12 baskets full of fragments that remained was for the 12 apostles. They were too busy to eat. And the very basket that they used to take it to the multitude, Jesus Christ says, it's all done. Everybody's full. Everything's done. And Jesus says, gather up the fragments which remain." Go to your hundred, your fifty. Go to your little group and gather up what's fallen on the ground. Gather up what's there. That's what's left. And each, each apostle gathered up his basket full. Hello. See, as a preacher, I should give you everything I've got. And then when I'm done, I should gather up the remains, the fragments. Because the fragments is what's going to take me over to the next Sunday. Amen? I can have a picnic with the Lord anytime I want. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have big things. You can have a picnic with the Lord anytime you want. Just spread out your tablecloth of grace. Just sit down in the green grass of God's mercy. Just sit down in that fluffy green grass of God's power and just sit there in the quietness of the Lord and just, just worship God and take what little bit you got and have a picnic and memorize and, and look at the good things that God has given you. Think of his goodness. Think of his mercy. Think of his love. Look around you. You've got children that are healthy. Look around you. You've got a church that loves you. Look around you. You've got a Bible. Look around you. You've got grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Look around you. You've got friends. Look around you. You've got air to breathe, water to drink, food to eat. Look around you and have a picnic. Amen. Hallelujah. And so sometimes we as men need to just sit down in the grass and look around and quit trying to tell Jesus, I don't have enough. And listen to what Jesus says in this feeding of the 5,000. They need not depart. Isn't that good? 
you need not depart. Meaning you don't have to take another step just down to the grass. If there's no grass in the forest, when the 4,000 were fed, there wasn't much grass there, kind of barren in the fall of the year. But you can still bow and still humble yourself on the ground, the ground of your need for God, the ground of your humility to God, the ground of your desperate need of God. For Jesus came down to the ground. And he was lifted up on a cross from the ground. And he was buried in the ground. And he rose again from the ground. And he ascended back to heaven from the ground to heaven. And he says, don't you feel bad if you feel grounded. I was grounded one time too. God's children never have to feel grounded. We never have to feel buried. We never have to feel abandoned. Because Jesus can take what tiny bit we have. By the way, by the way, he can take what tiny bit I've got. I mean, just what little bit I had this morning, just what little tiny bit I had this morning has fed everyone in this room. Now, some of you may be fed up, but you, it has fed everybody in this room. Hello. Please hear me. The feeding of the 5,000 was a dynamic miracle. Did you know all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and the Gospel of John, all four Gospels tell us about the feeding of the 5,000. Did you know there's only one other story? that tells us in all four Gospels, there's one other story, just one other story that all four Gospels tell about, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So this feeding of the 5,000 must have been real important. This message must be real important. I think it's important enough to know that we can go through life with picnics with Jesus. We don't have to have the buffets and the banquets of the devil. For Jesus is more than enough to fill the hungry soul. He's more than enough to save us from our sins. He's more than enough. You know how much blood he shed to forgive you of your sin? Not one drop, every drop. He shed his entire reservoir of God's blood to forgive you of your sins. You say, well, why did he, won't one drop take care of us? Yes, but did I tell you that God is a God of abundance? So he gave us a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that blood lose all their guilty stains. What did he give us? He gives us mercy. He gives us grace. He gives us his son, Jesus Christ. He gives us more than enough. Much more. 
much more. The Roman writer writes, Apostle Paul, much more. The writer of Hebrews, much more than the angels, much more than the prophets, much more than the old covenant. God gives us much more. Why? Because he wants to cover it all. Amen. So I don't like to think that Jesus just shed one drop of blood for me. No, he shed it all for me. Amen. He gave his life. He died for my sins. He was buried and rose again from the grave. I'll close with this little story. Some of you have heard it before. A little girl came very, down very sick. A little girl there was only one cure for, and that was to have a blood transfusion. They checked mother and father, and the blood wasn't compatible. The doctors checked everybody they could to find the blood that had the antivirus in it that would save the little girl. Until they checked the little boy, and he might have been five or six years old, and it was a match. The little brother of the little girl, they go to the little boy and say, would you like to help your sister? He said, yes, I would. Would you like for your sister to get better? Oh, yes, I would. Would you like for the doctors to save your sister? Oh, yes, I would. And the doctor said, little man, you're going to have to be courage, have courage, but we can take your blood and we can put it in your sister and your sister will get well. The little boy said, all right. And they put the little boy on the table. And they began to withdraw some blood. And the little boy's bottom lip began to quiver. He began to cry a little bit. And the doctor said, what's the matter, honey? He said, I just wondered when I was going to die. See, the little boy thought he was giving all his blood. Well, I want you to know there was a great big Savior, and he did give all his blood so that you and I could live. And the blood in Jesus Christ is the antidote for our sins. The blood in Jesus Christ is the antidote to change our life, to give us eternal life. The blood in Jesus Christ is the only blood that will wash away our sins. The only blood that will take us to heaven. The only blood that will change our life. The blood of Jesus. And Jesus shed all his blood and came out of the grave. And I think personally he came out of the grave without blood. I believe personally his blood was in heaven. Now, he may have took it to heaven during the time of Mary Magdalene, his mother, but nonetheless, the, blood, the body that Jesus lived in was a body of flesh and bone resurrected from the grave, but the blood was returned back to the Father in heaven, in heaven's vault. So God can draw off the blood when we come to the altar and forgive us of our sin because his son gave the antidote. You say, well, didn't Jesus have flesh and blood? The Bible says the kingdom of God cannot, 
You cannot enter into the kingdom of God in flesh and blood. But you can enter in in flesh and bone of his blow, of his flesh and his bone. I don't know exactly all the ins and outs of it, but I think our brand new glorified body will, will live on something besides blood. I believe the life of our glorified body will be the Spirit of God, the breath of God. Will it be a tangible body? Yes. Will it be a glorified body? Yes. Will it be a, a body that can praise God and breathe? Yes. But it doesn't have to because the life that we'll have in our glorified body will be the breath of God, the Spirit of God, the anointing of God. And when we go to heaven, we're going to go there in flesh and bone, glorified bodies, but no blood. Because our blood was corrupt, God drained it all out and put the blood of Jesus Christ in its place. You say, preacher, you got Bible to prove that? I do, but I'm not going to take the time to do it. You proved me wrong. I've got to find one way to get you to study. Amen? That's why the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse us from all sin because it is in heaven at the throne room of holy God the Father. And he only takes that blood and washes us clean and gives us life. And the only place to get it is at, is at the throne of God. The only place to get it is going through the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, and enter into the throne room of God and say, God, I'm sorry. I repent of my sins. Someone sent a note to me on uh, YouTube, do you believe in repentance? I said, oh, you don't go to heaven without repentance. You've got to repent of your sins. And not only do you have to repent of your sins, you've got to have Jesus Christ take control of your life and he needs to be your Lord and your God. Amen. And by the way, we don't repent once to be saved. We repent the rest of our life because we are saved. Repentance has become second spiritual nature with me. I repent on a base, daily basis. I repent constantly. Say, so, oh, you sin? Con no, I just repent constantly. Give us this day our daily bread. If I sin, I repent, absolutely. Turn from our sin. But we need to understand the life of Christ is not a life of a one-time ordeal at the altar. The life of Christ is that life of Christ living, pulsating in us. Repentance toward God in faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. So why don't you have a picnic today? You know, it's hard to be sad at a picnic. It's hard to be a killjoy at a picnic. It's hard to be down and out at a picnic. Open the curtain windows and let the sun, S-O-N, shine in. Open the curtains of your the, the enclosed bedroom of despair. Open the curtains of your room of despair and depression. Open the curtains and let God's light shine in. Let God's mercy shine in. Change your attitude, young lady. Change your attitude, young man. Change your attitude, old geezer. Change your attitude, old woman. I'm careful. 
There's only one old woman in this room, and I'm not going to tell you which one it is. The rest of you are young people, but all the old men are just old geezers. Amen? Change your attitude. Get on your knees. Ask God for this picnic, and God will multiply his blessing in your life. God will multiply joy. God will multiply your faith and multiply your energy. Amen? Instead of holding a grudge against God because he, ha he hasn't healed you completely yet, instead of holding a grudge against God because of something horrific happening in the past, instead of judging God because of maybe a, a, a father or mother gone on or a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister or a son or a daughter, instead of, instead of finding fault with God because you didn't have your way in every area, stop, sit down in the green grass, say, God, I want to thank you for the life and the lives that you've given me in my life and for the sunshine that I've had in my life. I want to thank you for it because you can live in the past and never get out of the woods. You can live in the past and never get out of the weeds. You can live in the past and never find that hardball in high weeds. But you can stop in the grass of God's mercy and you can have a picnic. And God will break and break and break and break and he'll feed you until you have all that you would, until you can be full. Isn't that good? Amen. And then like that little boy, once you let God touch your life and bless you, and you've had that picnic, you've took your little bit, and you, you've brought it to the Lord, you can like that little boy. That was my little bit that I brought to my God. And my God sustained my soul. That's what you can do. Because Jesus gave it all. Amen. I don't understand everything that's happened in my life, nor do I really want to. I don't understand every bad thing that's ever happened in my life, nor do I really want to. What I really want to do is understand what life is worth living for, what life is about. And life for the world is, is, is pleasure after pleasure after pleasure. Life for the world is, is get this, get that money, go after this, go after that. Prestige here, house there, car there. Life for the world is, is things. But life for a Christian, you don't need things. You just stop and have a picnic. Your little sack and Jesus. And he'll bless you. And you'll walk away from that little barren place you were at and say, truly, Jesus feels the hunger in our soul. Surely Jesus is enough. How's that for the greatest picnic in history? We'll be looking at the second greatest picnic in history in chapter 15, the next chapter in Matthew.
I want you to understand today that you might have thought this is just an ordinary day. You may be struggling, muddling through this week. Christmas time's a hard time for some people. Hard time because of finances. Hard time because maybe a lost loved one or maybe an empty chair at the table. Christmas is a hard time for some people. In fact, Christmas is a hard time for everybody. But Christmas can also be the most wonderful time of the year. If you focus on that little bundle of flesh that came to earth, God, and he rose again from the dead after he died for our sins, his name is Jesus. If you focus on that, this can be the most wonderful time of the year. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what God has given you. And take what little bit you got and have a picnic. A picnic. Amen? Stand with me. As I said a moment ago, there's someone here, you've, you've been struggling for your healing, it hasn't come. Some of you have been struggling through hard times in your life and it hasn't come. Some of you have been struggling through grief and, and despair and that relief hasn't come. And my answer to you is, I don't know why. But I know this, we cannot continue in life in that mode. We have to stop and take what little bit we have and sit down in the green grass of God's mercy and say, I will allow Jesus to break and break and break and break and multiply my life with his best. We're going to give an invitation. Josh's going to play, sing. And we want to encourage you. There, it's, there's still plenty of time. You can come down to this altar and say, Lord, I bring my little, I bring my little five pieces of bread and my two fish. Or maybe you would come down here and say, I'm not bringing anything because I'm one of them guys that run out of the house with nothing. Just sit down in the green grass and let God bless your life. Altar's open.